Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Harvest is winding down and now we're shifting gears and starting to think about planning our visits to the FSA office to enroll and make elections for our 2018 Farm Bill. So we've got two returning guests today on the podcast, Ben Brown and Mary Griffith. So Ben, could you introduce yourself first? Yeah, my name is Ben Brown. I work in the Department of Agriculture Economics at Ohio State University. Work in the areas of green marketing, commodity analysis, and farm policy. I'm Mary Griffith. I work at the Madison County Extension Office as an agriculture and natural resources educator. Great guys, thanks for joining us. So we've talked about Farm Bill a couple times, um, but we didn't really know what was going on. Now we are finally um, have the programs in place, and there's not a lot that's changed from the last time, but we do ha- definitely have some different pricing scenarios and things like that. So why don't you guys just briefly touch on Art County and PLC and kind of what we're looking at there, and then we'll get into a couple other topics. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be uh, happy to jump in here. Uh, So similar to the 2014 Farm Bill, we have the same three programs that are available to producers. Uh, You have the agriculture risk coverage option, uh, which is both a county and an individual. Uh, So county option is based on county yields, uh, whereas the individual option is based on individual yields on your farm. We can talk a little bit more about those later. Uh, But then we also have the, the price loss coverage option, which is Again, based on national prices, that's very similar to the last farm bill, and then uh, individual yields on your farm, they're held in PLC records. In the 2014 farm bill, we were required to enroll for a five-year period, uh, one shot. Uh, if you were interested in the ARC County or the PLC program, which most people, I mean the vast majority, 99% of farmers in Ohio and across the country were enrolled in those two programs, you could alternate commodities. So if you did ARC County for corn and soybeans, you could do PLC for wheat. And we saw that a lot in Ohio. Uh, whereas the ARC individual coverage is for all your crops on all your F- on your entire FSA farm. And so that's just something to keep in mind that sometimes uh, it is easier or potentially beneficial to the producer to break those out uh, for the different commodities. Uh, but ARC individual is, because it's an individual revenue insurance policy basically, uh, it is for all crops on your farm, on your FSA farm. So uh, those, are, those are our three options. Still very similar makeup and how they're designed. Uh, the agriculture risk coverage options, both at the county and at the individual level, are really designed to smooth income from higher levels of farm income down to lower levels of farm income or to help with that transition. So back in 2014, part of the reason that made Art County so popular was that the payments were front and loaded because we were moving from really high farm incomes, record high farm incomes earlier in the decade, 2012, 2013, and we were looking out and we were seeing much lower farm incomes in the years to come. And so Art County was very popular because we were making that transition. Uh, Now that we're sitting here in 2019 and we're also faced with these programs as well, Uh, we're looking at a much flatter farm income. So a lot of counties and individuals, now there are cases, and I'll turn this over to Mary here in just a second, but there are cases where producers in Ohio might consider the agriculture risk coverage option, the ARC county option, or even the ARC individual option. 
but our benefit uh, is much lower now than what it was in the previous farm bill because we're not, I mean, we're at low levels of farm right. income right now, right? Like it's designed to go from high to low. Yeah. Uh, the price loss coverage option is really just a, it's a price protection program. And so really it's, it's to protect against disaster prices. Uh, there is a set reference price by by the bill that says if market prices fall below this price, uh, we'll make a payment. And those are based on national rates. And so uh, a lot more easier to understand, uh, you know, in cases where we've got prices that are low right now, relatively low compared to what we had, you know, PLC does offer a little bit more attractiveness. And I think that's why a lot of people thought uh, PLC would be a preferred option going forward. But given what we just went through this summer with uh, with the weather and prevent plant and the variations in yields, uh, you know, Art County and Arc Individual are both showing up as a uh, more popular option than what we thought back in March and February. So, yeah. Mary, do you have anything you want to say about? Sure. So like Ben said, the two programs that are going to be the most popular probably are going to be Art County versus PLC. And PLC, like Ben just said, is just a dis- disaster price protection. So PLC payments get triggered when that market year average price, which is a national number and it's an average over the course of a year, dips below a reference price, which is a a disastrous low price. So when that market year average is really low, you're going to get a PLC payment. So PLC is basically just um, protecting you from those super, super low prices, where Art County is a function of low prices but also of what your uh, county yields are. So if your county had super low yields, but prices might not be as low as um, we need to trigger the PLC payments, the ARC county payment can still be triggered. So we know that in a lot of counties in Ohio, we had lower yields than normal. In a lot of counties, we might've actually been surprised and had some higher yields than normal. So in those counties where we had some lower yields, ARC county might be more likely to trigger a payment. And, and one of the other things that really affected Art County is, is kind of making it a likely, you know, a possible option for some counties more so than what we thought, is the last couple of years we've just had really good yields uh, in Ohio. Uh, 2018 was a great yield, uh, yielding year for most of our counties, uh, and so that was propping up that historical benchmark, um, basically, you know, adding yields that uh, are now seemingly high compared to what we had in 2019. So it's just increasing the likelihood of triggering a payment under that program. Yeah, so if you're thinking your county might have lower yields, then 2019 might be a year to still consider our county especially. Mm -hmm. And we have a decision tool actually available on our website, which is go.osu.edu slash farmbill2019. And the decision tool allows you to um, pick your county, pick your crop, corn, soybeans, or wheat, and kind of play with different yield scenarios and see, you know, if I think that this is a year where we have, uh, where we took a 10% less than average county yield, or maybe it's we think that the county year, county yield was just about average. The decision tool lets you look at estimated payments for ARC County versus PLC in your county for that particular crop. The other thing that um, is important with this year's Farm Bill, Ben mentioned that in 2014, you were making a five-year program election. Most people probably know by now that this year you have the flexibility to change um, year to year your elections. However, in 2019 and 2020, it's going to be one election that's the same for two years. So this time we're making um, an election for 2019 and for 2020. So we're looking at both of those years together. 
Yeah, and I think we should mention that they have the opportunity to update their yields, mm-hmm. um, and that's a landowner decision, right? Mm-hmm. So they need to be, if you're farming on rented ground, you need to be working with your landowner to make sure that happens. If Yep, this is this is something that is contributed to the landowner. I mean, they, they get to make the decision. If there's multiple landowners, they all have to agree. Um, if they don't agree, uh, FSA is either going to force them to go through a dispute uh, mechanism process or not update, right? They just say not everybody can agree, so we're just going to leave it as what it is. So uh, it is the owner's decision. Now, producers that have power attorney for their owner can can update that yield as well. Uh, our recommendation, just at a cur- common courtesy, it would be to make sure to involve the landowner just so they understand what's going on mm-hmm. uh, because it is possible that this yield, uh, it'll stay with that farm through the remainder of this farm bill uh, and then any farm programs after this in the future years, if we don't get the option to update again, right? So, I mean, it is potential that this is a long-term decision. Um, so we just think it's common courtesy, even if you do have power attorney to at least involve your landowner. So a lot of producers did update in the 2014 farm bill. We also had an opportunity to update yields in 2014. Uh, so a lot of producers did. Some did not because they were involved in the Art County program. And of course, if you're involved in the Art County program, your PLC yield doesn't matter to you. Um, and so for a lot of our producers, 97% of them were in the Art County program. Uh, they didn't feel like it, they needed to update their PLC yield because they weren't involved in that program. Uh, those that did update in 2014 probably aren't going to update this time. It's not mm-hmm. going to be beneficial for you to update. You're not going to get a higher yield. However, if you did not update in 2014, you could. Uh, it could be beneficial to you. So um, those are people that I think are possible candidates for a yield update. Yeah, I think that online tool is going to be great for people to help make that decision too. So beyond those two options, there's also an ARC-IC option, which I know you've said is probably going to be rare, but there are some very specific scenarios where that might trigger that decision. Ben, could you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I mentioned it's a revenue program. It's a revenue-based program that smooths revenue from periods of high farm income to low, just similar to the ARC County program, only in this case it's based on all the crops on your farm uh, just for your FSA farm. So it is possible for producers to have multiple FSA farms. Um, You can elect ARC IC for one FSA farm and then do, you know, PLC or ARC County uh, for the other farms, right? So it is possible. It's just your FSA farm, not your, not what we consider an ownership block, right? Okay, so uh, just just to help understand that. Um, but there are cases where ARC IC makes sense. Uh, it wasn't popular in the last farm bill because it was a lot of work and, and it was hard to see. There was very few scenarios where ARC IC was actually going to make payments uh, or even if it did trigger payments, they weren't near the level that the ARC County and PLC payments were. And ARC IC only pays on 65% of your base acres compared to 85% of your base acres, which the other two pay on. That is correct, yeah. There is a little bit of an adjustment factor there um, related to base acres in terms of you know, what is able to be paid or what gets a payment of all your acres. However, we do think there are some scenarios um, as producers that you need to, uh, that you know, where we think it's possible that a producer should consider or at least take a look and and see if it's possible. Uh, One of those scenarios would be if you're a farm with a 100% prevent plant. Um, It is a revenue program and so if you've got this historical benchmark of revenue and all of a sudden you have no crops in 2019, you know, you have no revenue and so you trigger the maximum payment possible if you're a 100% prevent plant. However, if you planted let's say five acres, uh, it is a percentage or the the calculation, the current year calculation is based on 
uh, a weighted average of all your planted acres. So even though you might have 400 acres in your FSA farm and you only got five planted, in the eyes of the Farm Service Agency, they're going to look at that and say uh, that whatever your revenue was on all those five acres is the revenue you got on all your acres. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, and so, like, it is what is on your planted. So if you plant one acre, uh, you know, it is possible that you get kicked out of the system and ARC-IC no longer makes sense for you. Yeah, if you're 100% prevent planted, uh, you know, you have no revenue for the year in the eyes of the Farm Service Agency, and so you can trigger the maximum payment. But you're also tying in for 2020. That's yeah, your- you're doing a two-year decision in 2019 mm-hmm. and 2020. Um, however, uh, you know, we, you know, if you're getting a maximum payment, uh, you know, it's it's probably likely that that's going to be more than, than our county and PLC over a two-year two period. Years. Just know that you're probably giving up maybe potential revenue in 2020. So it becomes a cash management opportunity a little bit here. So that's that's the first thing. That's a first scenario when I think producers should consider. The second scenario where I think you producers should consider our IC is if your individual years are drastically different than the county yields. Um, if you've got yields that fluctuate a lot, um, you know, and maybe it's river bottom ground that you've got a, a farm and it's in a river bottom and maybe, you know, something happens to it and you lose your revenue. Uh, there is potential that ARC IC makes sense in that scenario because you've got such variable uh, variable revenue um, due to that. And again, this is on FSA farms. So you could own four or five FSA farms um, and only claim it on one FSA farm versus the others. Another scenario, and I want to go back to what Mary said with the base acres, because this is, I think, sometimes confusing for people. Uh, so base acres are your historical representation. So if you have a farm of corn, 100 acres of corn, but you've historically planted soybeans on those acres, and in the eyes of the FSA, the Farm Service Agency, that's a that's a base that's 100 acres of base acres of soybeans. You get your payment based on soybeans, not on corn. That's how Art County. That's how the county-based option and the PLC option work. It's it's not what you plant. It's what your base acre identification is. In the in the ARC individual world, the payment is based on what you planted, but the payment still comes out on how many base acres you have. And Mary talked about earlier that the ARC IC program only pays on 65% of your base acres, whereas ARC County and PLC pay on 85% of your base acres. However, there are certain commodities that are exempt. Um, And so for our farms that have a lot of fruit and vegetable production, uh, if you have more than 15% of your fruit and vegetable production on your farm, or more than 15% of your acres of fruit and vegetable production, um, it makes sense to look at ARC IC because now all of a sudden those acres are getting exempt and you're going above that 85%, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you're going below 85% of your base acres. And so therefore, um, that's a scenario where we think uh, ARC IC makes sense for producers as well. Any other questions about ARC IC? So what do you mean by they're exempt? They're not a covered commodity. So there's certain commodities that are covered right. by the programs. In Ohio, our most common covered commodities are going to be corn, soybeans, wheat, mm-hmm. and those are the, the commodities that get... Fruit and vegetables aren't. So if you're in a place, and I tend to use northern Ohio, and even southern Ohio, mm-hmm. pumpkins would be another one that's not covered. So, But are they getting paid on those no, acres then no. No. I'm just trying yep. to figure out what the 15% so like be, how that so Ben's saying 15% because for our county and PLC you're only being paid on 85% of your base acres mm-hmm. anyhow 
And if you have 15% or more of your base acres in fruit and, fruit and vegetables, you wouldn't be paid on those. You'd actually be below that 85, mm-hmm. right? Right. You, you, would, okay. you wouldn't I get those, right? So uh, an example would be 100 acres. Let's just mm-hmm. take 100 acres. And I've got 30 acres of pumpkins, right, on my 100 acres, so right? With so therefore, and PLC, you're not going to be paid on Yeah, even though, even though I've got base acres, I only get paid on 70% instead of 85% because 30 acres of my 100 are planted to a non-covered commodity in okay. that case. Um, so it's, 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 it is kind of confusing, but it basically does create some more wiggle room because ARC IC is at 65, whereas ARC County and PLC are 85% of base acres. Um, so it creates a little bit more wiggle room. Now, that this is obviously going to be a lot of our producers. A lot right. of our producers aren't going to have more than you know 15% of their acres in specialty crops, but they do exist in Ohio. Mm-hmm. One thing we've been hearing is maybe a little more interest in the supplemental coverage option, SCO. Mm-hmm. And some people have already enrolled in that if they've, and you have to elect PLC. So I guess talk a little bit about what that SCO is and if they've enrolled in it and they don't want to go with PLC, what their option is there. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. Uh, to enroll in the supplemental coverage option, you have to be enrolled in PLC. Uh, one really quick distinction that I want to make is SCO um, is a crop insurance product. It's, it's attached to your crop insurance um, you know, pre, uh, you pay a premium on it, but then it is also a product on top of your individual policies. Um, so it is, it's ran through your crop insurance agency. It comes through the risk management agency of USDA. ARC PLC and ARC individual um, are all farm service agency programs. They come from, you know, a, a government program that operates uh, based on risk and fluctuation. Uh, the three programs that I just mentioned are all based on are all paid on base acres. Uh, your historical plantings, what you have identified on those acres, SCO is paid on what you planted. Um, so therefore, you, you could make the case that SCO and crop insurance are both better risk management tools than the other three: the the Art County, the Art Individual, and the PLC. From the standpoint that you're getting a payment within the year, right? You're going to get a payment at the end of the year. It's tied directly to what you planted. Um, and you know it's just it's more representative if you have a crop failure or something like that. So um, SCO is a valid risk management tool, um, and it's it's based on what you planted, not what your base your historical base acreage is in. You do have to enroll in PLC though. Um, that is the catch. You have to be enrolled in PLC. Now you brought up 2019 um, from the standpoint that uh, the 2019 crop year for crop insurance, the enrollment date was March 15th of 2019, mm-hmm. so earlier this year. And producers could decide then if they wanted to be enrolled in SCO. At that point, if they enrolled in SCO, they were giving an intention to the risk management agency that they intended to do PLC later in the year, right? However, we're just now doing enrollment for PLC for 2019. And PLC and ARC County and ARC IC enrollment will go through March 15th. Um, And so it is possible that now our decisions have changed and producers are maybe saying, hey, we're actually not going to do PLC. We're going to do ARC County or ARC Individual, right? Yeah. Well, in the eyes of the risk management agency, that's that's a violation, right? You can't be enrolled in Mm -hmm. the ARC County program or the the agriculture risk coverage programs and supplemental coverage option. So what they've decided is that instead of fining producers for misreporting acreage, um, they're going to exempt it in 2019. 
Uh, so if you were enrolled in SEO and now you want to do ARC County for or ARC Individual for, for 2019, you, you, you are exempt. You basically can get um, a new filing and you don't have to pay the fee. However, going forward, um, those dates are all going to be the same thing. Uh, so it should be easy for mm -hmm. producers because the enrollment date is always going to be Mar March 15th uh, for both farm programs with FSA and then crop insurance with your crop insurance agent. Um, and so make sure that you're all doing it at the same time and hopefully we won't have any violations, but just know that if you do enroll in ARC County or ARC IC with the Farm Service Agency and you do SEO with your crop insurance, uh, eventually you will get a, a bill, a letter saying, hey, you're in violation for misreporting and here's your fee. So just something to be aware of there. Uh, as far as what SEO actually is and when people should actually consider it, um, it is an area-based revenue coverage. So it offers potentially higher levels of insurance coverage at a cheaper, co at a cheaper cost. Uh, so it is possible that it's attractive to some people. Uh, the way I break it down, the way we look at it at Ohio State, is we break it down into two classifications and when people should maybe consider this option. Um, the first classification is producers that have high levels of crop insurance coverage already to begin with. I define high levels of crop insurance coverage at 80 and 85%. Those are high. And for most people in the state of Ohio, 80% uh, is the norm. 81% uh, is our statewide average. And so, or, you know, it's, it's there, 81%. Uh, so if you're already at that high level of coverage, right, you can get a little bit more coverage um, for, for some additional cost. And so maybe it doesn't really make sense uh, to do that, but if you wanted to lower your insurance coverage from like 80% down to 65 and then buy the rest with SCO, you can, you can get a cheaper crop insurance bill and have some level of protection for what you did at, at a cheaper rate. Just know what you're doing. Uh, you're giving up an individual coverage option at 80%. And now you're taking a bigger chunk of an area-based insurance policy. And area-based insurance policies uh, do not trigger as often because revenues don't fluctuate or yields don't fluctuate because now you're talking about a county average yield or an area-based yield instead of your individual farm. Um, so just know that if you're giving that up, you're giving up some variability and potentially some top-end uh, protection, but it is a way to get cheaper insurance coverage for the same level of protection. So we actually think if producers have high levels of insurance coverage, that 80-85%, and they want to lower their crop insurance bill but still get that high level of coverage, um, that this is, a, this is possible. Now the other scenario, real quick, I just want to mention that there's a second scenario here, and that's, that's producers that I would consider to have low levels of crop insurance, right? Um, maybe they've got 60-65% of a revenue policy or a yield policy uh, for, for crop insurance, right? They can get higher levels of coverage at a, cheaper at a cheap cost, right? But I think in this case, it's important to ask the producer, do you even want higher levels of coverage? Maybe they're at 60-65 because that's what they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And if they're comfortable, why spend extra money, right? Because the SEO option would be extra money. Why spend extra money for higher levels of coverage if you don't want it? But if you're at 60-65% or even 55 or 50%, um, if you're at those levels because you don't want to pay the higher premiums for the higher level coverage, this is an opportunity to get higher levels of area-based coverage uh, at a cheap rate. Um, and so I think those are possibilities. Both scenarios are very different, uh, whether you're a high crop insurance user or a low crop insurance um, insurer, you know, I, very different scenarios. But I do think there is an appeal. Now we get asked a lot, how does this fit into the, you know, if 
let's be honest, farmers look at relative payments to make this decision. Which program is going to give me the most money? I mean, that's how they look at it. We encourage people to think about the best case scenario and you know, when do you want cash and what do you want to protect um, from a risk management standpoint. Um, but we always get asked, okay, which program is going to pay me the most? Well, if you're in PLC and you're getting cheaper cover, coverage on crop insurance or you're, you're, getting, you're gaining money, right, mm-hmm. you're getting a cheaper option for PLC, you know, how does that figure in? Um, I think they're two separate decisions, exactly what I talked about earlier in terms of, um, you know, one program is based on base acres, one's based on planted acreage. The SEO seems to be a better risk, crop insurance seems to be a better fitting risk management plan, whereas the commodity programs are income support. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I look at them as two separate decisions, but in Ohio, it's going to amount to about 15 to 20 bucks um, if you do PLC or and then SEO and you take the cheaper crop insurance option, you're going to save about 20 bucks an acre. Um, so if you do that, you know, that's a possibility of saving some money. Just know that what you're giving up is the potential for triggering higher payments if we have a crop disaster for your crop insurance. And then as most people know here in 2019, and we learned well this year, is prevent plant does not pay on an area-based crop insurance policy. So if you have SCO, um, you're only going to get prevent plant on whatever your underlying crop mm-hmm. insurance policy is, not the SCO portion of the, of the policy. So... Yeah, that's some good advice. So they really need to look at, you know, if your farm's drastically different than the rest of the county, then it might not be a good option either. But if you're pretty similar, then you potentially have, if you have a bad year, then you're more likely to, the rest of the county's having a bad year. Yep. If you're, yep. And we encourage people to talk and see how um, they're faring with the rest of the county. Yeah. Um, It's easy to look at a crop year in the lens of what's out our back door. Um, but there are places where, you know, maybe a certain part of the county is worse than everybody else or better than everybody else. And so we encourage people to, to scout and talk with their neighbors and and get a feeling of what's going on in the ground. So, yeah, well, this is, um, a lot of information to just cover in a short podcast. So we do have a lot of meetings scheduled, um, around the state. 101 right now. We'll see if that grows. (laughs) That's a lot of meetings. Um, But we've got 101 within a three-month period, uh, and uh, Ohio State University um, Extension and the College of Ag uh, has really worked hard for uh, to get this off the ground, and it wouldn't be possible without our educators in every county across the state. So, Yeah, yeah. so that website, Mary, that you mentioned? It is go.osu.edu slash Farm Bill 2019, and it has a list of county meetings, and you can search all of those 101 county meetings to find one that's going to work with your schedule and um, that's close to home. So Ben and county extension educators will be there uh, to go over this material in more detail and also to answer any other questions you might have and show you how to use that decision tool. Awesome. We've also got webinars up there, so if you can't make a meeting or mm-hmm. if it just doesn't fit in your time, you can watch the webinars online. And just a reminder about MFP. Oh, yes, excellent. Um, so the market facilitation payments, uh, also an FSA program. Those are those payments to help us alleviate trade damage. Uh, the deadline to sign up for those is uh, December 6th at your local FSA office. Uh, as of this moment, 75% of the 2019 payments are, are going out the door. Uh, we're still waiting to see if the final 25 will get approved. Um, so, But these are, you know, we're looking at $66, anywhere between $60 and $88 a county, or an acre per county. Uh, it varies per county. Uh, you're taking 70 
five percent of, of those values I and mean, we're looking at 50 55 bucks right now um, per acre so mm-hmm. adds up it's real money um, it's there uh, and and producers uh, have the opportunity to get some so thanks awesome yeah thank you guys so much this was a ton of great information and check out that website don't forget to give the podcast a like on Facebook or Twitter, and we would love if you would give us five stars on Stitcher or iTunes, whichever platform you're listening on. And I'm Ben Brown OSU on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> We're gonna go. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.